Jesus, we love you. Oh, how we love you. You're the one our hearts adore. Amen. Before the sermon this morning, I wanted to just share a little bit. Um, we don't want to assume that everybody in this room gets our church emails and knows uh, what has transpired in the last week for our congregation. Um, it's hard to get these words out. Last Sunday, uh, we got word that our sweet sister Jada Washington had passed away during the night. And then on Wednesday, we got word that our dear brother Bart Smith passed away also. Our hearts have been grieving and mourning and crying together at the same time that we're rejoicing for our sister and for our brother. Thanks be to God that we have this time together today to encourage one another um, through a difficult week in the life of our body. Uh, I did want to share with you um, in a practical way that the Deacon Fund um, will be helping uh, the Washington family with some of the costs related to Jada's funeral and burial. So donations are invited if you would like to contribute uh, toward those needs. You can mark your donation, Deacon Fund or Funeral. We'll make sure that it gets um, used in the right way. Um, we'll be having two funeral services this week. On Wednesday, October 2nd, we'll be having the service for Bart Smith. And then on Friday, October 4th, uh, we'll be having the service for Jada Washington. In both cases, at 10 a.m., there's a visitation time, and then the service will begin at 11, and then following that, there'll be a luncheon that we'll be hosting for their families and friends and for the church. Um, so as you can imagine, um, help is needed for this week in providing um, food items for those luncheons and providing people to serve in various ways. So you probably noticed, but in front of the sound and projection booth at the back of the sanctuary, there's a small table that has sign-up sheets related specifically to those two funerals. And so we ask you to please um, check those out and help in whatever ways uh, that you're able to. So give me just a moment to take care of my tears here. I know. Pastor Cedra always tells me I'm a crybaby. <laughs> I'm wearing it proudly. Okay, let's pray together. Sometimes when we stop before you, God, we're um, more hungry, more needy than at other times. So today... We ask you, God, to fill us um, anew, to speak to us anew, to feed our hungry souls. Give us your nourishment. Give us your guidance for our lives. Um, help us as we look to your word. Make us more like you, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, I thought I was done crying. 
goodness. <laughs> it's just starting. So I've often heard um, that it's said that those settling in the U.S. from non-English speaking countries have a difficult task learning English. One of the reasons for this difficulty is the differing meanings and pronunciations of words that look the same when written. The bandage was wound around the wound. The farm was used to produce produce. The dump was so full it had to refuse more refuse. When shot at, the dove dove into the bushes. Since there's no time like the present, he thought it was time to present the present. <laughs> Upon seeing the tear in the painting, I shed a tear. And the wind was too strong to wind the sail. The buck does funny things when the does are present. The insurance was invalid for the invalid. The band booked the studio to record their record. I spent last evening evening out a pile of dirt. And the list goes on and on. So a word that shares the same written form but has a different meaning is a homograph. And a homograph that also has a different pronunciation is called a heteronym. And our language is filled with both, as we've just seen. We'll be looking today at one homograph, the word bear. And maybe when I say the word bear, you, like me, think first of the animal. We have a couple pictures that Nancy Benson took in Alaska this summer of bears. We know from 1 Samuel 17 that David, as a young shepherd, protected his father's sheep from the threat of both the lion and the bear. But that's not the kind of bear that we'll be thinking about together today. There are many other uses of the word in scripture. Scripture declares that humankind has been made in the image of God. What does it mean to be made in God's image, to bear God's image, and why does it matter? Chris Hall, president of Renovare, suggests we might think of the image of God as consisting in rationality, the human capacity to reason and speak, in morality, the human, human's ability to tell right from wrong, in aesthetic awareness, our power to appreciate and even to create things of beauty and meaning, in volition, the gift that we have of free will, in religious capacity, the aspect of us that allows us to worship God in spirit and in truth. In relational mutuality, it's our interpersonal nature. And then in function, the particular dominion that's granted to us, the godlike authority to rule over creation on behalf of God himself. Being made in the image of God ascribes to humanity value. There isn't any person on the face of the earth who does not bear God's image. When we forget this truth that all people are made in God's image, it becomes easier to mistreat or dismiss some. One writer, David Clausen, put it this way, 
as Christians waiting patiently for this day, and the day that he's talking about is the referring to the new creation, as Christians waiting patiently for this day, we will endeavor to treat people made in God's image with dignity and respect, irrespective of gender, race, age, nationality, or economic status. Thus, we will care for those caught in the vice grip of poverty. We will fight against human trafficking. We will uphold the dignity of the elderly and disabled. We will advocate on behalf of immigrants. We will work for religious liberty. We will promote racial reconciliation, and we will fight the culture of death in all its ugly forms. We will do all of this out of love for God and concern for those that bear his sacred image. C.S. Lewis in The Weight of Glory said, there are no ordinary people. Look around for a minute. There are no ordinary people. He said, you have never talked to a mere mortal. Nations, cultures, arts, civilizations, these are mortal. And their life is to ours as the life of a gnat. But it is immortals, he said, whom we joke with, work with, marry, snub, and exploit. Immortal horrors or everlasting splendors. The world then is populated not by ordinary people, but by God's image bearers. How are we to live among them? We're going to explore several ways today, examining a few of the ways that the scriptures use the word bear. One of the words that I've been thinking about in recent months, and it started with a phone call that I had uh, in my office upstairs one day with somebody who was very angry with a friend. And uh, it got me thinking about this, this verse. It's... Uh, our call is God's children to bear with each other. Let's read together Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 to 17. Therefore, as God's chosen people, <clears throat> excuse me, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Bear with each other, verse 13. Bear with each other. Colossians was written during the two years which Paul was under house arrest in Rome. Under house arrest, he was, um, he was in a home, not, uh, he was imprisoned in, a, in his home or his apartment or wherever it was that he was living, not necessarily in a jail, but he was in prison nonetheless, and that meant that he was chained and that he was guarded. And it's possible that he was chained to his guard. And it strike, strikes me that these words of instruction bear with each other 
might have been influenced by Paul's own experience in that setting. Imagine being chained to another person and not being able to get away from them in any way. There with each other. And we can see the rationale behind this instruction from this passage. The rationale is that we are God's chosen people. We are holy, which means that we're set apart as sacred, that we're for sacred use. And we are dearly loved. Because we're God's chosen people, because we're holy, because we're dearly loved, we are to bear with each other. And the person we're bearing with is made in God's image and loved by God too. Well, the word for bear that's used here in this context, and I don't do Greek pronunciation very well, but I'm going to give it a try. It's a necho, and the sense of which is to hold oneself upright and firm. This word is used a total of 15 times in the Bible, and seven of those times it's translated as suffer, four times as bear, two times as forbear, and I looked up for what forbear means. It means to politely or patiently restrain an impulse to do something, to refrain. You can picture what you might want to do that you're refraining from. And then two times it's translated as endure. So we can see that the use of the word bear in this case is one of suffering and it's one of restraint. So I want to be uh, perfectly clear here that when the scriptures talk of and we talk of bearing with each other, we're not talking about situations of abuse, which no one should bear. So I just wanted to make that piece perfectly clear. But we're talking about the kinds of things that press against us in everyday relationships. We find ourselves in all kinds of relationships, in all kinds of situations, in which we have to turn on restraint, in which we have to bear with people. Maybe someone with whom you work says or does something which makes you want to scream at them. Someone with whom you go to school humiliates you or makes fun of you and you'd like to end your friendship on the spot. Maybe you and your spouse drive differently from one another and instead of enjoying a trip in the car together, you endure the ride together and maybe you can't imagine ever getting in a car with them again. And am I the only one that's experienced that? It's a lighthearted marital issue. Perhaps you and your spouse face much uh, more serious differences that you need to bear with them. Your young children seem to ask incessant questions or cry continually on a day when you have no reservoir of patience left. Or your adult Children make decisions that are contrary to the values and the teachings with, with which you've raised them, and part of you would just like to disown them. Your friend takes advantage of your kindness, perhaps, and you find yourself questioning, how could they be so selfish and think so little of you? Or maybe your sibling snaps at you when you haven't done anything. This just happened to me a few weeks ago. I hope my sister doesn't listen to this sermon. Um, your sibling snaps at you when you have done nothing and you'd like to verbally or maybe even physically bash them for it. <laughs> or maybe a more subtle one. As you grow in your relationship with the Lord and your values and behaviors are shaped by his word rather than by the world, the distance between you 
grows. The distance between you and your friends or your family members, it grows. And you wonder if you can still hang out with them. In all of these kinds of situations and more, we're called to bear with each other. Part of bearing with each other is seeking to understand what's behind the other person's words or actions or inaction. Proverbs 18.13 gives wise perspective. It says, to answer before listening, that is folly and shame. The Living Bible translates it this way, what a shame, yes, how stupid, to decide before knowing the facts. We need to try to get an understanding of what's behind what people do or say. When I worked at Carlisle Brethren in Christ Church years ago, which is now named the Meeting House Carlisle, I taught a young adult Sunday school class. When we began the class, we had maybe five or six people, and that slowly grew over time. We had about 20 people. And then we did a study of a book entitled The Delicate Art of Dancing with Porcupines. Here's the cover of the book. The Delicate Art of Dancing with Porcupines, and the subtitle is Learning to Appreciate the Finer Points of Others. Somehow, when we decided to do that book, our class grew to 40 people. And I'm really not exaggerating, doubled in size. It was like we hit a nerve or something. Maybe we all struggle some in understanding one another and getting along in relationships. God is creative, and he made us all unique. We have personality styles that differ from one another. We have DNA that makes us wired in certain ways. And then we have experiences in life that help to shape who we are and how we respond. We have wounds and likes and dislikes and dreams and all of these and more add to our uniqueness. We can bear with each other better when we remember that a world filled with only people just like us would be even harder to take, right? If everybody were just like me, I don't think I'd like it too much. Instead of wishing the other person would respond just as we would, we should spend some time praying and thinking through what might be going on for that person, how God made them differently than you, or why they might have done or said what they did. Bearing with each other takes the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. As he fills us, the fruit of the Spirit, which we see in Galatians 5.22, ought to be increasingly evident in our interactions with others. Love, joy, peace, patience, some translations say forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those sound like the qualities of a person who's leaning on the Lord and who bears the weaknesses and faults and missteps of others. Another use of the word bear in scripture is found in Galatians 6. So let's turn there and read verses 1 to 10. <clears throat> Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. 
Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. Nevertheless, the one who receives instruction in the word should share all good things with their instructor. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Now we need to keep in mind as we read scripture that the chapter and verse divisions that we see as we read have been added. They weren't part of what was originally written. So Galatians 6, at least it seems to me, is a continuation of the thought that we find in Galatians 5, the thought about serving one another humbly in love, which is in chapter 5, verses 13 and 14, or not biting and devouring one another in verse 15, walking by the Spirit in verse 16, or having the fruit of the Spirit manifest in our lives in verse 22, or living by and keeping in step with the Spirit in verse 25. Chapter 6 then begins with this uh, call to restore one another gently when someone falls. And then in verse 2, that's where we see this word bear. In this case, it's the Greek word bastazo, which is translated as bear 23 times and as carry three times and take up one time. So the NIV is weak in translating, in my opinion, as carry each other's burdens. It's bear each other's burdens. Um, To put upon oneself something heavy that needs to be carried. Carry or bear each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Just as with our children as we raise them, We're not to do everything for our spiritual children or for our spiritual brothers and sisters. People who have everything done for them, they're they're stunted, they don't grow. But when someone has a burden that's too heavy for them to carry alone, that's what this verse is talking about. Our call is to come alongside to help them. I have a video clip that I think uh, illustrates this principle. So let me just tell you a tiny bit about this video. Max Schradley sent this to me uh, many years ago. And I actually looked up, I, I shared it in a sermon eight years ago. So I'm figuring that I'm not the only one who's struggling a little bit with their memory. And if you were here eight years ago, you don't even remember it. And many of you weren't here eight years ago. So I figured I could share it again. Um, You may notice when the video plays in the bottom left-hand corner of the screen, there's a little timer going. It's a time-lapsed video. The incident that's being shown actually is happening over four minutes. Now, four minutes maybe doesn't sound like a long time, but it's a long time for, for this. So check it out.
as I watched this video of this woman, don't, don't confess if this was you, um, watch this woman trying and trying and trying to park her car, getting close at times but never successful, and then watching that man in the waiting car get out, take her keys, immediately park her car in the space that she couldn't get into for four minutes. <laughs> and then hand her back her keys. I was struck by the fact that this is what we're sometimes like in life. We try and try and try to take care of something, to have victory over something, to do something that we know we're supposed to do, to carry something that we have to carry, but we just can't do it alone. Sometimes in our fierce independence, we just keep trying on our own. <clears throat> the whole time, the Lord may be providing help that's near to us. He's our help, and he often directs his children to help with our heavy loads. Hebrews 4.16 tells us, Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. And God often provides that mercy and that grace through a brother or sister who helps to bear our load. I had breakfast with someone from our church recently who shared that during the morning worship service, they prayed about a specific need that they had, a need that there was no way that they could meet on their own. They humbly asked God to provide. When the service ended that morning, a couple from the church walked over to them and gave them a gift that met the need for which the person had just prayed. And if that doesn't give you goosebumps, this part, the, the couple that gave the gift used the same exact words to describe the gift that the person had used in prayer to describe the need. I don't think this was coincidence. I think this is what is meant in Galatians 5 by keeping step with the Spirit, listening to his guiding, doing what he says to do, saying what he leads us to say. Let us not become weary in doing good, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. This morning we sang as our opening song, the servant song. Will you let me be your servant? Let me be as Christ to you? Pray that I might have the grace to let you be my servant too. We are pilgrims on the journey. We are travelers on the road. We are here to help each other walk the mile and bear the load. If we will let the Lord and others help us carry our heavy loads, the results are far different than what our strivings on our own might produce. Well, there's one more use of the word bear that I'd like to mention this morning. We won't take time to read it um, here now together, but John 15 gives us a, a, a beautiful picture of the call to bear fruit. Um, the Greek word in, used in John 15 for bear is pharaoh which is a word that's used in many ways. Sometimes it's used to mean to carry, whether to carry a burden, or sometimes it's move, it means to move, like the conveying of a ship across the ocean, the bearing of a ship, or it means to uphold. Other times it's used to mean to endure, 
or it's used to mean to bring or to bring forth, as it is here, to bring forth fruit. To me, this, this use of the word bear ties in with all the others, ties in with um, regarding and treating people as bearers of God's image. It ties in with bearing with people. We bear with people even um, as we do that, we're, we're more and more like God. Um, Psalm 103 tells us that, that he does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. When we bear with people, we don't treat them as they deserve. And as we bear one another's burdens and help carry things that are too difficult to carry alone, as we do all those things, we will bear fruit. Jim Peterson, in his book, The Insider, tells the story of a Chinese man named Kim. Kim was a university student in 1989 during the Tiananmen Square uprising by students who wanted democracy and, and also the subsequent violent crackdown by the Chinese communist regime. For Kim, Tiananmen Square marked the beginning of a spiritual quest that led him to Christ. And it began with a simple act of service by an elderly woman. On May 29, 1989, Kim and a friend were in the square to protest the communist regime. Like other students, they were harassing the soldiers and helping block the army vehicles from entering the square. It was summertime and it was very hot. After 24 hours of duty, the soldiers were hungry and thirsty. They had had nothing to eat or to drink. When Kim, then Kim saw an elderly woman, a professor from the university, making the rounds of the soldiers, serving them bread and water. He was stunned. Later, Kim told us, I asked her why she did that. She replied, the soldiers did not know what they were doing, and I was there to protect the students. Kim said, this was my first experience with Christianity. She was the first Christian I had ever met. Until then, I had thought Christianity to be ridiculous, a religion of foreigners. But now I thought, this is a good, kind religion. The Christian God must be a kind God. Three years later, Kim was studying for his master's degree at another university. There he met a Christian who invited him to study John's gospel together with some other students. He was impressed with the others in the circle of friends and with the Jesus he saw in the scriptures. His first impression was Jesus is kind and he's smart. Now Kim, a Christian, is a good seed in the soil of China. The elderly professor has no idea what her active service set into motion. Indeed, she wasn't even thinking about the possible effects of her actions. For her, it was simply a matter of obeying the great commandment to love your neighbor as yourself. As I thought about that some, she, she loved her neighbors, but she loved her enemies. She treated them as bearers of God's image. She bore with them, keeping upright and doing what was right in the midst of their oppression. And she bore their burden of hunger and thirst. And through such service, she bore fruit. Then later in the chapter, Jim Peterson quotes Jesus in Luke 14, 
13 to 14, when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. Then Peterson continues, I want to be there watching when that elderly Chinese woman steps into God's presence, which likely has happened. This was 30 years ago when she was elderly then, but um, steps into God's presence and discovers what God has done to multiply the effects of her simple act of giving a little bread and water to some soldiers. How many lives found Jesus through that one, the ripple effects of that one act? You and I, like this elderly woman, are called to bear, to bear God's image and to treat others as God's image bearers, to bear with each other, to bear each other's burdens, to bear fruit. This is our calling. Let's continue together to answer that call. Let's pray. We need your help, God, to answer that call. We need your spirit to flood our hearts um, to fill us, to once again um, flood us with your love so that your love pours out of us into the lives of others. We need um, the patience that your spirit gives to us when we um, don't want to bear with people and know that you call us to. Lord, we need, um, we need your help in knowing the needs that we're to help to carry. Give us, um, give us hearts that are, that are ready and free to release our resources, whether it's, whether it's our, our time or our energy or our finances or our insights, but all the resources that we have to, to help with other people's burdens. And God, we pray that you would help us to bear fruit. We pray that out of our lives, out of our service, out of our giving, out of our loving, that people would indeed really come to see Jesus, to know Jesus, to find him attractive and irresistible. Um, please work through us, God. Work in us, work through us. That's our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. As we close together uh, with our closing song, we invite you to stand. We invite the intercessors and the pastors to come to the front. We'd really be happy to pray with you if there's something that you'd like someone to pray for you or with you. Um, uh, please come and join us at the front. And let's worship the Lord together.
together we're spreading kind of a terrible person he's won't listen to this so it's fine um he just was not a good roommate and he would not do anything to help anyone but he would always have people come over our house and how he would get us to clean is he would sing this song you know and it was just like so i, I had some healing this morning by us singing that song i know there's a plus side of that song um but i just want to before we leave just pray together um so let's pray I find our God, we thank you so much that the world will indeed know that we belong to you by how we love, by how we live. God, we thank you for this call that, that you've made ours, that you continue to call us to do, and that's a call to bear with one another. God, we thank you this morning that that means loving. We thank you this morning that means journeying. We thank you this morning that means holding hands. God, we pray that we are having relationships and interacting with the people around us, not overdoing it for them because we don't want to stunt or limit their growth. But God, whenever they need help, whenever the burdens are too heavy, whether it means getting out the car to help them park their car or it just simply means sitting quietly with them, God, help us to be bold enough with our love. Help us to be passionate enough. Help us to be filled by you so we can fill them up when they run dry. So God, we thank you so much for your love. We thank you for the example of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who was God himself, yet gave up heaven so that we might one day be there with him. Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you that in all things we get to glorify you by how we live. So help us to be a people who are willingly and freely choosing to bear with one another. 
God, I pray that if there's anyone in this room who feels empty, that your Holy Spirit may fill them up. Lord, I pray if there's anyone in this room who's at the end of their rope, I pray that right now your presence may wrap them, and I pray that you may send someone or, or a group of people to wrap their arms around them or to sit hand in hand. God, help us to be not just a community or a church or as Harrisburg Brethren in Christ, but help us to be people who are known by their love. In your holy and precious name we pray, amen? God bless you all.